Welcome to The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man, the little podcast about nothing. And when we say nothing, we mean everything. And now, your host, Bushy and the Mountain Man. That's right, this is The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man, and I am one of your co-hosts. That's right, you're listening to Bushy here. The Mountain Man is not with me yet again, but I have it on good authority that he will be here to record this Sunday night, so you'll, you might actually get two episodes this week, which is almost unheard of. <laughs> but I had to get this uh I had to get this episode up uh for a couple of reasons. Um we have an event coming up this Sunday night. If you're in the LA area, uh Sunday, October 27th at the Canyon Club in Agora Hills, they'll be having the Rock Gods Hall of Fame annual induction ceremony and concert which you know, of course, honors rock and roll luminaries. You know, and 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 real rock and roll, not not rap and hip hop and and, and and you know pop, which are all great music forms. But this is the one dedicated to rock and roll and metal. And uh, this year's inductees are uh, Alex Skolnick uh, of Testament, uh, Bob Glob, um, session bass player from L.A. and. Uh, Man, he's recorded with like Jackson Brown, Linda Ronstadt, Stevie Nicks, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, John Lennon. I mean, just amazing bass player. Brett Tuggle, multi-instrumentalist. Uh, and, and he's probably, you know, one of the most in-demand players in the industry. He's toured and, and recorded with, you know, Fleetwood Mac, Jimmy Page, David Lee Roth, Chris Isaac, Stevie Nicks. Um, we got Burley Drummond. Danny Korchmer, Greg Lice, Jeff Bova, Jim Keltner, John Jr. Robinson, Peter Beckett, Rachel Boland, Richie Zito, Rita Wilde, Ross Hogarth, Rowan Robertson, Teddy Andretis. All these great, great, you know, musicians, instrumentalists, you know, singers. This is all going on this Sunday. So if you're in the Agora Hills area, this Sunday, October 27th. Man, get your tickets. Uh, I will be leaving the link to buy your tickets. Um, it's it's really not a bad cost. They're $26, $40, $75 plus applicable fees. And the, 17, uh, the $75 ticket, those include v, uh, VIP meet and greets with the inductees. Doors at 5, red carpet at 5. Red car, or I guess the check-ins at five. Red carpet opens at six, and the induction ceremony and live show is at six thirty. So uh, you really want to check that out. Um, this is, like I said, this is not your 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 Rolling Stone Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is a Rock Gods Hall of Fame where they actually give a damn about your rock and you know metal musicians. You know the the guys that are out, are are down there and in the dirt. Um, the reason for this particular episode, uh, and I'll be, it will be kind of a shorter episode, uh, is because Bushy had the opportunity today to sit down and talk with Mr. Rachel Bolin of Skid Row. Um, I, I, I got to admit, I, I got a little nervous for a minute because when the time came around, man, I hadn't heard from him yet. 
and I'm starting to sweat. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, here we go. Small time show. And these guys are like, ah, fuck him. Definitely wasn't the case. I got a call from who would who I would assume is maybe his A&R person. Uh, I just recognized the California phone number. And, I, you know, I answered it. And she said he's trying to find me, but there's too many people with my name. And she gave me his information. So I went ahead and, you know, sent him the request. And we were able to have this great conversation. Uh, I, I left... I left the Sebastian Bach talk out. Um, at first, I wanted to ask him about it as I was leading up and prepping for this interview. But then I realized, man, he's been asked all those questions right to death. Right to death. There, there's really nothing more that he can say on, on, on Sebastian Bach. And I certainly didn't want to piss him off. <laughs> I guess would be a better way of saying it. And uh, so, so I avoided those, even though we did talk you know, kind of in depth about those, you know, first couple of records. Um, it's a great interview. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I do or did rather. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get it on here in just a couple minutes. Like I said, the mountain man's coming back Sunday. We, we will be recording as a duo for the first time in freaking months. We're going to finally get that done, but I hope you guys enjoy this. This is skid road talk with Rachel Bolin. Enjoy. I'm glad you said you didn't do video because I didn't shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, uh, it, it tends to kill the bad with. I've done it a bunch of times, and it's just always yeah, bad. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, I just want to make sure my little recorder's going. Thanks for taking time out. I do appreciate it. Yeah, man, no worries. No worries at all. Especially because uh, my, my show is, uh, I call it an up-and-comer. Um, yeah. You'll be working for two years. And uh, I finally got Michael Sweet and Kenny Olson this summer at Rocket Pod right in Nashville. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Oh, nice, nice. Great city. That was my uh, second time there. I didn't, I didn't make it to the one last year, but it, uh, yeah, this, it's. I've been here for about five years, and I've seen so much growth in this city. It's, it's scary. <laughs> Three hundred people a month move here. Holy cow! And what I like is that it's uh it's turned into a rock and roll town. It's not even a country town anymore. Big time, big time, man. There's more rock in this town than there is in most major cities. I, I know. Real. I couldn't believe all uh you know all my heroes because that's what you guys are to any music fan, and you know all my heroes have moved out there. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I'll, I'll run into someone at Kroger. I'll be like, "Hey, dude, when'd you move here?" <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's great. That's great. Uh. Well, hell, I don't know if you just want to keep on in this fade or, or I mean, how, how do you normally do this? Because I certainly want to make it as comfortable for you. And how much time do I get with you? Dude, I, I got uh, before my next one, I got about 20 minutes if that works for you. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. Because I'm sure I could hit. Yeah. And, and however you want to do it, man. I'm not picky. All right, cool. Well, we'll just we'll just continue with this fade then since we're already talking. That seems a whole lot more natural to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What I'd like to talk about first is... um. The trilogy. When are we finally getting this third album? <laughs> That's the question that we're trying to answer ourselves. Yeah, we're just uh, obviously taking our time. We're, we're writing and, you know, it's an important album, uh, obviously, and it's the first one with ZP on vocals. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're actually starting up again um, on Monday to, to do some more lead vocals and backup vocals. Outstanding. Now, uh, how's how's he fitting in with the band? Because you know, I I loved him with Dragon Force, 
and I, I, I know that, uh, you know, with what was it, Johnny Solinger and even even Bach, you know, there's a there's a way to go a little guttural, a little deeper, and then hit the highs. Uh, can, can he yeah. do both ranges? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's funny because uh, if you ask him <laughs> who his favorite band was when he was a kid, we are we're in the top three, which is pretty funny. He, he's only ten years younger than us, but. Um, you know, growing up in uh, uh, South Africa, he uh, he used to just, you know, jam to Skid Row. So he's been singing these songs most of his life. And um, yeah, he does. He 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 has a, a very wide range, very dynamic singer. And um, it's just it, he's really easy to work with as a human. You know what I mean? So that's what we're working on now. We're, we're getting a lot of those. Uh, we got a few more songs to do. And, you know. It's always that thing. It's like, well, is this good enough yet? Is this not good enough yet? We have, um, um, you know, uh, we, we have to make those decisions. And at sooner or later, you just got to put the brakes on. Okay, we're done. But I don't think we're at that point yet. You know, we're still uh, rehearsing stuff. And we're doing the record a lot different than we've done any of our other records where we weren't in a lot of pre-production. We're just doing a little bit here then going on the road and doing a little bit when we get back and going on the road and the fact that zp like we all live in different states and when zp is not staying with me at my house his home is in uh, outside of manchester in the uk so um you know we're trying to get him and his wife over here to to live and it it looks like that's the way it's going to go and that that's going to make life a lot easier Sure. Because, man, this little bit in Torin coming back, it's nerve-wracking, man. I can only imagine. I, I, I missed out on you guys on your uh, on your first tour supporting Bon Jovi, which that really chapped my ass. But I, I grew up in an uber-Christian conservative household, and concerts just were not allowed. Um, right. I, I was able to catch you finally. You did the farewell tour with Ted Nugent and Kiss. Mm-hmm. And uh, amazing. I was absolutely blown away. Thanks, man. But I, you know, and especially with a different singer, because, you know, I, I came up with what, you know, with, with the original singer. And I'm kind of curious. I know you did a great episode breaking down um, uh, uh, that debut album with Decibel Geek, you know, and uh, I want to know, because that was, that was a huge album for me. We're talking 89, so I'm just getting into high school at that point. And, and we're yeah. just getting inundated with you know i remember you and 18 and life there's so much heavier stuff on that album what what was your thought there you know with record companies saying no this is the single instead of putting out something a little bit heavier um you know we were kids and and we snake and i just we were going by our gut and we were listening to other people that had way more experience than we did you know uh being doc mcgee and john and richie sure and you know, it's like we just welcome any kind of information. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, uh, and our we had a, a really good team over at Atlantic. And, and the label had their ideas of stuff. And uh, I believe it was um, Richie Sambora's idea for the second for 18 in Life to come out as a second single. And. Everyone thought we were crazy, but it, it felt right. And Snake and I felt right about it. And we, you know, and there it is. <laughs> it came out and it, it really took the band from popular to, you know, well-known, you know. Sure, sure. And, 
Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, so that's kind of, we, we, I guess an easy way to answer your question is we always kind of followed our gut. And when our gut wasn't 100% sure, we listened to people that we trusted and that, that, uh, that just took us that way. And, you know, there, there were heavier things on the album, but I guess we set it up just the way it should have gone, you know? Um, well, you can't argue with success. Uh, exactly, exactly. But would, would you would you release Slave? And uh, Slave is still hands down. And I, and I love every album you guys have put out. But Slave was just brutal, if you ask me. Because it was all the heavy stuff you had done on the debut that was kind of glossed over. You guys were almost looked at as a glam band, which was hilarious, oh, if you ask me. You know, Slave comes out, it's just heavy as hell. And you got yeah. away from the 18 and life kind of stuff, even though you had the quicksand Jesus, you know, you know, stuff like that. Because, I'm sorry, every bad boy has a soft side. I love a good power ballast. Yeah. But you got so much heavier on that album. And then Subhuman, you've just progressively gotten heavier and, dare I say it, even a little more punk-edged to your music. Yeah. Um, with Slave, we... We thought we had all the answers at this point. And had we followed the suggestion of the label, uh, it probably would have sold twice the amount that it has because uh, a few of us wanted Quicksand, which was already getting played on the radio after Monkey Business came out. And Monkey Business uh, got certified after like one or two weeks as a hit. And Still by favorite Thanks. When he used to term, used to use the term breaker. I don't know if they use it anymore. Oh, I want breaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so it was a certified hit. And then we're like, okay, what are we coming out with next? And, you know, it had, I'll, you know, I, we were in our early 20s or mid 20s at this point, And I was like, well, how, how long is this song going to run? Because it's pretty heavy for radio, you know? Sure. And then... Uh, uh, radio stations uh, jumped on quicksand and they uh, you know <laughs> we were actually calling them asking them to stop playing quicksand which I'm thinking of now and like <laughs> almost 30 years later I was like we were so stupid <laughs> we were so stupid well, you but see, we're, we're, Power Ballad brings in the chicks man and you know the guys buy the records yeah. but the chicks will take it to the concert <laughs> yeah so so we ended up going with Slave to the Grind, and that just pretty much wiped us out as far as radio play. Because radio was just like, well, we were playing a song that people were requesting. Now you're asking for this, the heaviest song on the record. So, oh, yeah. And it's a great tune. Yeah. But, 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 but fans of, you know, hard rock, heavy metal, I, I think we appreciated Slave. Quick say it's a great tune. I'm not going to take anything from that. But just... Dude, that riff is nasty. It, it, it's just, it's so fast, it's yep. so heavy, and it's still just rock and roll. Yeah. You know, so it's hard um, to argue with that. And, and going number one on the Billboard 200 is, is pretty pimp. Yeah, that was great. That, that was awesome, you know, and, and we were the first uh, hard rock metal band to do it, and that was really cool. And I'm like, I remember when Snake told me, I go, who's coming out next week? He goes, Van Halen. I was like, wow, it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, that, that, that fan cool. faction, you know, those fans are so divided with the Sammy Roth thing. <laughs> I think you did okay. We went down to two, I think, but it was cool, man. It was, it's, it's, 
really cool even this almost 30 years later to say yeah we were the first metal band to go to debut at number one on billboard you know um it was cool a lot of things were were came into play like it was the first week of sound scan and all that stuff so it was it was great man um it's an album i'll always be proud of it it was a big change in the band but uh you know the change is needed there there was just a better better chess game we could have played as far as i'm concerned but hey man i got no regrets no regrets whatsoever no i i, I wouldn't guess so and uh you just kind of continued in that heavy vein you know moving into subhuman and subsequent albums um did, did you guys always want to be that heavy or, or is that just um, kinda, it, it, it's a tough it was question a very natural, yeah it was a very natural progression it um you know, we had we had our whole life to write the first record, sure. and we were just working off of influences, you know, of, of what little bits and pieces were were left in our soul from you know listening to the Ramones, listening to Kiss and Aerosmith and AC/DC, and then uh, you know all of a sudden we're writing the second record, and you know it, it still had elements of that, but uh, the songs when they were written didn't seem that heavy to us um we just took a different approach uh recording you know and although it was still with michael wagner we, we just took a different approach and we played uh, we tried to play as much of it all at once to to get a live feel to it and i think um i think uh, that that's where the heaviness came from you know we had more amps, we had more guitars, we, you know, we had louder amps, and you know, because now we had endorsements and we had a little bit of money that we could buy really cool stuff, and <laughs> right, so we right. just we stuck it in a tractor trailer and carted it down uh, from Jersey to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and you know, record our first record we recorded in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which was very remote and and very laid back, and then. We recorded the second one in Fort Lauderdale, so we just went bananas down there. You know, it was it was insane, and you know. Well, Florida is a that, great town or, or great state. I, I know that the Miami area is like a lot of death metal now, which isn't my thing. But I know they had I a mean, huge metal scene back in the day. You know, yeah, there was a the, the metal of the day. Rock, yeah, there was a great rock scene down there, man. There, there was the uh, Button South, which. I practically lived that over <laughs> down there. It was a great club to see bands. Outstanding, guys. The best best club I've ever been to, because where I am now, there's none. There's nothing close except uh, the Orange Peel in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. But the best club I had been to in New York, because I was way, way up north, was uh, Lost Horizons in Syracuse. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Heard of it. We played it. You played it? See, we I didn't played- even know that. How the hell did I miss that? We played it twice. We played. We we did before we were signed. Um, we got put on a little run. Um, we went a couple upstate New York shows, a uh, show, a couple of Massachusetts shows, and we pull into the Lost Horizon. And we're like, "Is this a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> what is this? What's going on here?" Tiny so place. We go in, and the only like. There were no posters on the wall. There were just pieces of, like, notebook paper that said, uh, you know, ex-Bon Jovi guitarist, (laughs) uh, 
No, Skid Row, this is all handwritten. Skid Row featuring ex-Bon Jovi guitarist. <laughs> We're oh, like, wow. what, is, what is this all about? So we played to the one bouncer and the three bartenders and the, uh, the bar back. Nice. Now, see, <laughs> had I been allowed to go to shows at that point, I'd have seen you guys then. Because I did catch White Zombie there. I did catch Typo there. Um, before they were anybody. Uh, but that was, you know, sneaking out the window to ha- go hang out with my friends. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> which, which was the only way, like I said, I, I could ever do that. Um, we got this Rock Gods Hall of Fame thing coming up uh, uh, Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you're being inducted. I am. I am. Um, it was a complete surprise. I... Uh, I got a phone call from my friend Sandy, and, and she said, "Hey, uh, you've been inducted to the you're going to inducted into the Rock Gods Hall of Fame. Can you come out?" And I was like, "Man, that's the week I'm in the studio. <laughs> I absolutely, uh, I had this week off from the road, but I'm in the studio. And uh, yeah, man, it's pretty cool to be to be this far into a career and still still get kudos every now and then, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm very honored." Well, I, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I don't know what your feelings are on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I definitely want to get them. Uh, for me, it's it's such a sham. Uh, they don't tend to care about fans. They're trying a little more putting out these fan votes, and I guess that's just because we've been screaming for years, why the hell are you not recognizing metal? Uh, to, to, to be inducted into a hall of fame where they actually give a shit about rock hard rock and heavy metal musicians i mean that, that that's got to be amazing it's it's got to be way way better than those rolling stones has been that thought kiss wouldn't last a month <laughs> right yeah you know it is cool it, it's it's like, like i said it was a complete surprise i i had no idea i was even uh brought up uh, my name was even brought up and the fact that you know I, I i'm being inducted it's just it's a really good feeling man as far as a rock and roll hall of fame goes it's like i really don't pay too much attention i i i, I will go to it because i want to see it however yeah it, it's just one of those things i mean skid row will never be in it um just like we never won a grammy we we fit all the criteria for everything but just it's just that way with metal, man. It's like, you know, Megadeth wins a, a damn Grammy and, and they play Metallica when they're walking up to accept the award. You know what I mean? It's oh, like I, I remember that. It's such bullshit. Yeah, there is zero, zero respect for metal. There always has been. You know, it's always been that way. And you know what? It is what it is. It's not going to change. And do I care about being a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Not really. Would it be cool? Sure, it would be cool, but it's never going to happen. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. That's for <laughs> damn sure. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And then it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I I, I, I know there, there's more to it than, uh, I, 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 I don't even have the information. I don't want to sit there and sound stupid, but I know it, it's not. As, as uh, like you said, it's not fan oriented at all, except for that fan vote. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's 
aging hippies that think the Grateful Dead was the greatest band ever. And like I said, they they, they always pass over, you know, these great bands you know, you, that, that deserve the recognition. But I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, Rachel, that we fans, we don't give a shit. We don't want our bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's why this Rock Gods Hall of Fame seems like it's just such a better... It's a better honor because they're actually, they recognize those guys that actually built that legacy of rock music. And that's, that's why you're being inducted. I mean, founding member, what, what do you write? Like a hundred percent of the, 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 the lyrics of music? Um, you know, Snake and I, I, I write a lot of the lyrics and part of the music or, or it, it goes back and forth. Snake and I are the, the, we do the bulk of the songwriting, but I do do about 90% of the lyrics. For most of the stuff. Sure, sure. And, and you've had a long career, so you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, is there a song in your entire catalog that you would love to play live but haven't? Um, it, it's funny. Now that ZP is in the band, we're, we're doing all those songs. Like, we never really did. I think... I don't know if we ever did living on a chain gang and now we do it every night and oh, wow. it's, it's really, cool. it's really cool when someone comes in and say, Hey, why don't you guys do this song? It's like, oh, we never could really, you know, for one reason or another, it's like, let's try that. And we'll go in and do it. And it's like, wow, I forgot how fun this song was to play. That being one of them, you know? Nice. Nice. Um, and yeah. now you, you obviously have some punk influence, uh, I, I got that right away when I saw you guys in 99. Um, and I was so pissed off that more people weren't in the arena. I was like, dude, this is fucking Skid Row. Get your asses in here. But you had a very punk look about you. You even recorded a Sex Pistols song. Um, we did. Uh, yeah, we recorded a Sex Pistols song. We also recorded a Ramon song. And I sang on that one. And we, we actually do it just about every night in the show but yeah i grew up a punk kid punk and like the stuff that borderline there was a lot of glam bands uh, and british bands that kind of borderline punk just the, the energy and the attitude like new york dolls and of course kiss and and uh you know but i love i loved a lot of a lot of punk stuff blondie um you know dead boys uh the clash Oh, man, it goes on forever. I, I I can't even think of all the bands I grew up listening to. But, yeah, I, I was way into punk. And Snake was very into to metal, especially uh, British metal. And when we started writing songs, uh, I think we both realized how unique, you know, the songs ended up being because of the two, ele- you know, elements so uh, predominant in the uh, in the songs. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that that really explains that sound, you know, the metal punk thing. Uh, just because I'm a punk fan too. Dead Kennedy thoughts. Love them, love them. Yes. Their their version of Viva Las Vegas is probably the best version I ever heard in my life. It gets me excited. <laughs> I like that, and their cover of Take the Strap and Shove It as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just so, <laughs> so so fast so fast so you're you're going back into the studio this is great news because we've been waiting on a third part of this trilogy for, you know forever um 
Now, Wiki said you're looking at a 2019 release. Is it is that a fair assessment, or is it going to take a little longer? It's going to take a little longer. We we were uh, optimistic when we said it, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a little while longer. Um, it'll be 2020 for sure. We just like I said, we could have released it, but we weren't ready to release it, and we you know had wrote a couple new things and wanted to work that there and uh you know don't don't want to serve it before it's time sure and this is going to be a full length record not an ep is that right that's correct yep all right good because i know fans of skid row are looking forward to it i'm absolutely looking forward to it um i think we're almost out of time um I, i do want to remind everybody that uh the rock gods hall of fame induction ceremony this sunday october 27th um Rachel Boland being inducted. Well-deserved. I salute you, sir. Uh, yeah, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, upcoming tour dates. You guys heading back out on the rogues. I, you said you're taking a break. You're getting back into the studio. When's the next time we can expect to see Skid Row out? Uh, we are actually, uh, when is it? Uh, we were winding down for the year, but let me see. We have, uh, I think, the 8th and 9th. We're in Connecticut and New Jersey, and then on the 19th, we are leaving uh, for Italy and oh, wow. doing some shows. Yeah, doing some shows through Europe and uh, um, and the UK, and that takes us into de- the first week of December, and then uh, that's it for the year, and then we start up again in January. All right, outstanding. And we got got a lot of, a lot of stuff on the. Uh, on the, the the schedule coming up a lot of cool stuff like going to china and and uh, you know we've only been to china we did one show in china years and years and years ago but now we're going back and doing a like a five or six show run which would be great oh that's awesome and, and it's funny because you don't think of china letting american bands in even though they do periodically so that's that's awesome yeah yeah wow. it's pretty wild man when you come to north carolina uh, don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, nothing's on the schedule as of yet, but that doesn't mean we're not coming next year. All right. Well, get on it, man. You know, Charlotte or yes. Asheville. <laughs> cool. Man, it's been a long time since we played Asheville. I love it there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great town. It's an up, uh, you know, it's an up and coming progressive type town. You know, it's not so. I hate to use the word, but I lived in New York for 32 years, so it's not so hillbilly, I guess. <laughs> it's the way to say it. <laughs> Home of Caleb Johnson. Love hey, that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm 30 minutes away from, uh, I, I don't know if you follow sports, but I'm 30 minutes away from Jason Witten's hometown of Elizabethton, Tennessee. I mean, I'm right up on the Tennessee border, and I'm a huge oh, okay. Cowboys fan, so I'm trying to sneak in there sometime when he's in town. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool, man. Cool, cool. So is, is there anything else that fans need to know about Rachel Bolin, Skid Row, anything we haven't touched on? Just that, man, through all these years, and it's like going on 30 some odd years, the the fans that have stuck with us through thick and thin and through member changes and just are always there for us, man. I can't say enough that how much it means to me that, that people, you know, the support, uh, is incredible. And just, 
I'm so thankful for that and for everyone that has been with us all these years, you know, what, whatever the situation is, people have been with us for all these years and still are. And they show no signs of stopping. And that, that the true Skid Row fans are just amazing, man. And I love them. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. But the fact is, I mean, if you put out a quality product, you're going to keep people hooked anyway. Yeah, man. Now, uh, just one last thing. Um, do you still talk to Rob? A few so? Yeah. Yeah, every now and then. All right, good, good. And that was not quite as shaky, I would assume, then? No, no, it's fine. All right, good, good. Uh, that, that classic lineup, you know you know how it is, you know, when there's a classic lineup and, uh, you know, people get used to that. So so it's always weird, and, and that's what you're talking about, you know. Uh, you know, Skid Row fans are Skid Row fans, and that core, you... Uh, uh, Snake and uh, and Scotty. I mean, that's the core, and uh, we know what we're going to get, man. Those 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 killer riffs and great songwriting, and uh, man, I salute you. And I I can't wait to hear the new album. Thanks, man. I can't wait for it either. <laughs> uh, it is it is it different these days for you? Because uh, we're not putting out vinyl. Hell, they're hardly putting out CDs. Are, are, are you doing strictly the digital, or are you still going to try to get some vinyl? Vinyl's outselling CDs this year, by the way. Oh, yeah, we're definitely doing vinyl. We're doing everything, man. Um, the label that we signed with uh, called Golden Robot out of Australia, very smart people, and it's a really good balance. The people that work there are a really good balance of old school and, you know, modernity you know the way people think so sure. we're psyched and and whatever ideas we kind of come up with they don't shoot it down they at least listen to us you know it's like well let's try this and you know we'll have a meeting and whatnot and it's just it, it's going to be cool man we're, we're psyched to be working with them and we're absolutely psyched to you know be recording an album with zp and and you know because he's the guy that so guy is we're, incredible i can't wait to hear it yeah, we're stoked, man. We're really stoked. Seems like such a different dynamic from your previous vocalist. And, and again, it's just because I know I'm from Dragon Force and that power metal that was just insane speed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. Well, I can tell you this much. I, I, I do host a, uh, it, it's a bi-weekly radio show on an internet, you know, metal radio station. And uh, so I will be buying the album digitally, of course. But man, if it's coming to vinyl, I'll have two copies of it. Nice, nice. Yeah, I can't wait to get it. Uh, have it in my hands. A nice vinyl record, man. <laughs> I Absolutely. love vinyl. The artwork, everything about it, better sound. Everything about vinyls better. And these young kids, they they just don't understand. <laughs> That's just because you can't plug How it old into the port. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Rachel, uh, I, I really uh, you know, appreciate you taking the time to sit here and talk with me. Um, I wish my co-host could have been here. Our work schedules are, are hectic, so a lot of times it doesn't happen that way. But um, I gotcha. congratulations Thanks, on your induction. I think it's uh, that, that's so much cooler than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't want you guys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I want you guys <laughs> in a Hall of Fame that pardon my language, fucking respects hard rock and heavy metal. Nice. I'm with you, man. All right. I, I really appreciate you. You have yourself a great day. Thanks again for the time. All right, bud. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. See you.
All right, there you go, man. <laughs> he was such a nice guy. He was, he was, you know, so open to any questions I had. I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was awesome that he played at that club in New York that I didn't even know they played at before they were assigned band. Man, I would have loved to have to have caught them when they were young and hungry and you know not seasoned because that's always a different experience when you you know see a young hungry band trying to make it. All in all, it was a you know a great conversation. Um, again, I just want to tell you about Rock Gods Hall of Fame this Sunday, October twenty seventh, Agora Hills, at the uh, oh what was the name of that the Canyon Club. Check it out. I will make sure to feature ticket info in the uh, tag right here on um, on the Podbean page. So uh, if you're in that area, man, go check it out. Go check it out. 7 o'clock is the actual, or 6.30 is the actual show. So, man, that'll be fun. Now, as, as uh, Rachel mentioned, he won't be there. They're in the studio, and um, that's in Nashville. So they're going to be recording. But, hey... It's still going to be, dude, Alex Skolnick's going to be there. I mean, that's pimp enough to go, right? Come on, come on. Testament, really? <laughs> so make sure you check that out. I, I just want to, again, say, you know, big thanks to uh, Rachel Boland for sitting down with me. I also want to say thanks to Tim Binder, who um, who you know, made this interview happen. I really appreciate you, Tim. Um, uh, he's with New Ocean Media. Make sure you check them out. Um, thank you so much for getting this interview for me. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. I'm going to close out with some Skid Row music. I will be back on the mic Sunday with the Mountain Man. We're going to have a new episode coming for you. Motherfuckers, bye vinyl, and we'll see you next time. The bullet and the bottle, with. You can't believe what you've been told.